Welcome to the Weekly Wrap podcast by the National Farmers Federation. Here's this week's update. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Wrap podcast. I'm Harry Young, the Workplace Relations Policy Officer at the National Farmers Federation. Later, I'll be joined by Workplace Relations and Legal Affairs General Manager Ben Rogers, who is going to talk about the recommendations the NFF has released ahead of the Jobs and Skills Summit next week. We look forward to hearing from Ben shortly, but first, let's go through what's making news in agriculture this week. Ahead of the Jobs and Skills Summit, the NFF this week released 40 recommendations to address agriculture's chronic worker shortage and bolster worker protections. The Australian Workers' Union deceitfully misconstrued a recommendation declaring farmers were looking to pay workers in fruit and veg. The NFF will host a webinar this coming Wednesday outlining what it hopes to achieve at the summit. Today's announcement that Australia will establish a biodiversity certificate scheme to reward landholders for restoring and managing environmental assets has been met with applause by farmers. The Prime Minister and Environment Minister told the Bush Summit the markets for biodiversity and carbon credits will operate in parallel, both regulated by the Clean Energy Regulator. While the short-term biosecurity budget announcements and today's announcement to beef up biosecurity laws have been welcomed, the agricultural industry is still waiting for the federal government to come good on an election promise for sustainable, long-term biosecurity funding. Also a key priority in the National Biosecurity Strategy released this month biosecurity and the threat of foot and mouth disease is still at the forefront of farmers' minds, with hundreds attending a webinar this week to hear the latest updates. The NFF has backed Senate crossbencher David Pocock's call for the federal government to give more funding to the Centre for Invasive Species Solutions in the coming budget. The Centre works to protect Australia's native flora and fauna from extinction and threats posed by introduced species. Competition reform will help bring relief at the supermarket checkout and ensure a fair go for farmers. The NFF is buoyed by Assistant Minister for Competition, Dr. Andrew Lee, who last night acknowledged the direct link between market concentration, low productivity growth, low wage growth, and high consumer prices. And he's noted the need to review and reform Australia's competition policy framework. So I'm now joined by Ben Rogers, who is General Manager in Workplace Relations and Legal Affairs here at the NFF. Ben, thanks for joining us. Go ahead, Harry. Um, so first off, Ben, can you tell us about the Jobs and Skills Summit, who's organised it, what it's for, and will the NFF be attending? Yeah, so the Jobs and Skills Summit was an election commitment which the Labor government made um, this past federal election. Um, the idea is to bring together um, some key players in the employment and industrial relations and skills space to try and figure out a way to um, address workforce shortages, increase the skills of the Australian workforce and um, and give a boost to wages. Um, it's going to be run out of the Treasurer's office, um, so Jim Chalmers um, with the Prime Minister, but really all every single one of the new federal ministers is going to play a role. And obviously Tony Burke, who's the Industrial Relations Minister, and Brendan O'Connor, who are the skills ministers, are having an important part to play. Um, and yes, the NFF will definitely be heading there. So Fiona's got a got an invitation. She'll be one of the 100 people who will be participating. It's a fairly small cohort, um, so we really want to take advantage of the opportunity and, and go out there and, and uh, represent agriculture as well as we can. Yeah, absolutely. So um, on to agriculture. So how bad is the workforce situation in the industry right now? 
And why is the summit important to the NFF and for farmers? Well, I mean, so the situation has been bad for a m- number of years. I mean, we've been talking about a workforce crisis for at least the last five to six years. Um, but when the borders shut down with COVID, um, the international um, workers stopped coming to the country. The, the situation got really, really dire for agriculture, of course, but actually across all of the economy. Um, so we're hearing about workforce shortages, not just in agriculture, but certainly in hospitality, um, in the mining sector, um, in manufacturing, uh, obviously the care sector. So it's a really, really big issue across the country. Um, we know that last year there was about 13,000 fewer workers just in horticulture alone. Um, and I don't think that's because there weren't the jobs there. They just weren't the workers to fill those jobs. Um, so that's a massive part of the, the workforce. Um, and I don't expect it's going to be a lot easier um, over the next you know, year, two, three years. Um, we know that backpackers who make up a significant segment of the workforce just aren't returning in mass yet. Um, there's around about 40,000 in the country right now. Um, we'd usually expect there to be about 140,000. So without those workers, we're really struggling. But there's also an issue around skills and skilled workers um, because the department sort of went into slowdown or shutdown mode when the borders closed. Um, there's a massive back- backlog of applications for skilled workers to come over to the country. Um, they're trying valiantly to clear that back- backlog. We talk to them fairly regularly and they are doing all they can to 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 get those visas processed. Uh, but there is still a massive backlog. and We know there are some significant waits people waiting up to, to 12 to 18 months. So that's another thing that really needs to, to, to be addressed. Uh, in terms of, yeah, what do we have to get out of the summit? Well, it's obviously to address that that's shortage in the short term, but also to look at the, the development of skills for agriculture over the long term and, and, and grow that agricultural workforce. Yeah, sure. So the, the NFF released a paper this week outlining some of the challenge areas and included 40 recommendations. Can you give us an overview of what was in that document and what was the process behind developing these recommendations for the summit? Yeah, well, we went there. We had a pretty dense consultation with our members around what were the re- real challenges in, in terms of the sort of themes that were, were challenging the sector and the high level strategic recommendations that we should take to the skills summit. Um, and the challenges that we heard were that the industrial relations system is too complex. Uh, Labor migration just doesn't work as well as it could do. There's a lack of support for agricultural skills development, particularly in the vocational education and skills sector, uh, and there's a poor public perception of farm work and labour practices. The recommendations, or at least the, the themes which we came up with, were remo- removing hurdles to farm work. So that's a that's a broad range of issues, but things like allowing pensioners and other people who are on welfare support payments to um, work in, on farms without compromising those payments at all. Um, looking at the accommodation issue, that's a massive one for everyone. Uh, there's a lack of accommodation in the rural sector and on farms, so we really need to come up with some solutions to that one. Um, and establishing workforce counselling hubs or um, workforce an agricultural workforce network, which will assist both employers and em- employees, farmers and workers, to find find the jobs and 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 um, develop the skill sets they need to do those jobs. Um, another um, theme was streamlining labour migration. So as I've just mentioned, there's a there's a real backlog. Um, their workers aren't returning in the numbers that we need, so we need to come up with solutions to that. Uh, third theme was introducing industry-friendly reforms to the vocational education and training framework. So right now, um, we hear that the, 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 the framework as it presently stands tends to favour um, urban jobs. Um, it's 
tends to be driven by dollars, um, and the, those dollars are easier to make in the urban markets than they are out in the rural and regional markets. Um, so we want to come up with solutions to that issue. Uh, another thematic um, recommendation we made was reforms to industrial relations. So the, the system is just too complex, um, and we just need to have clear pathways to compliance. So um, the, the people who want to do the wrong thing and are going to do the wrong thing, we can't help them. But the people who want to do the right thing but just can't find find out what the right thing or are unknowingly are doing the wrong thing, we need to find out ways to help help those guys. Um, and then finally, just more support for evidence-based decision-making. So getting data on the workforce, the agricultural workforce, numbers, shortages, skills needs, that sort of thing across commodities, across regions, uh, it just doesn't really exist in the way that we need it to. So we're hoping that government will take that on board and do some, some robust data collection. Yeah, so um, you touched on migration and I think a question that you've probably been asked a lot in recent months, where are we at with the Ag Visa and what is the government proposing we, um, proposing to put in its place? Well, I mean, one of the most frustrating and disappointing outcomes of the last election was um, Labor's commitment to, they didn't say to scrap the Ag Visa, they said that they were going to make it part of the Pacific Australia Labor Mobility Scheme. Uh, but that was code for scrapping the ag visa. That's the reality of it. Uh, but we wanted a, a visa which would service all sectors, all commodities, um, and wouldn't just look at short-term, short, short-term unskilled labour needs, but would look at more skilled, semi-skilled roles. Would be available to workers from the parts of the world where they have those skills and the and the background, and the experience that we need. Um, you know, the first the coalition target those ASEAN nations initially, but we were always pushing for it to go broader, maybe piloting the ASEAN nations, but ultimately roll out to, to you know, the Americas and, and Africa and, and parts of Europe and so forth. Um, so the fact that the 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 current government, Labor, has decided to just roll it into Palm and, and limit it to Pacific um, nations is really, really disappointing. Um, we're still talking to um, the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade about ways that the, the palm could possibly be made more useful to other sectors and and to those the or the, the the sectors that currently use it but don't use it in the volumes that we we, we think they could or they need to be able to um, so knocking off some of those hard edges is something that we're looking to do but obviously they're very concerned about making sure that the scheme is um, there's lots of safeguards in there that the workers are looked after so um, there's a bit of a negotiation happening there but at the end of the day um, we're not going to get the ag visa at least not in the short term okay yeah thanks for clarifying that um, now, uh, a few interesting comments came this week. We saw that the Australian Workers Union um, had said that the NFF was suggesting that farmers could pay their work in fruit and vegetables. Um, can you shed some light on that? Uh, interesting diplomatic way to put it, Harry. I would have chosen other language, which we probably shouldn't go to broadcast with, um, but it was really frustrating. We never suggested that. Um, and it was uh, a spin on one of the recommendations we made in this Jobs and Skills Summit paper, uh, which was just thoroughly misleading. And I, you know, I, I'd expected of the unions. Um, you might even expect it of some of the some members, components of the media, like the Guardian, for example. But then to see Tony Tony Burke um, quoting it on the 7:30 report was just really, really upsetting, frankly. Um, so what we said was, as one of one of 40 recommendations, we said streamlining the creation of industrial bargaining by, for example, returning to the no disadvantage test, taking non-monetary benefits into account or imposing strict decision timelines. That was one recommendation out of 40 uh, in a nine page document. 
And what they latched onto was five words, taking non-monetary benefits into account. All we meant there was for the Fair Work Commission to, to, to have proper regard to things like accommodation and board, which are provided by farmers when they're assessing a proposed enterprise agreement and when they're conducting the better off overall test. So when they're weighing that proposed agreement up against the, the award that applies, um, and when they're taking into account all the components of that award, so your hours of work, your leave entitlements, your loadings, uh, your breaks, uh, and yes, your pay, uh, they should also have a, have regard to some of those non-monetary benefits, which could include lodging. Um, it would have to be something the employees would agree to, and ultimately it would have to be something that the Fair Work Commission would say, yep, that's okay, the employees are going to be better off. Uh, but we never, ever intended for anyone to be paid with potatoes or strawberries or nuts or whatever it might have been. It was a ridiculous, ridiculous claim, as stupid as it sounds, uh, and it's just really, really been frustrating that this one small part of one recommendation of 40 has has been grasped onto by the unions and the media as, as as something that the NFF is pushing for hard. It's just garbage, Harry. Yeah, let's hope that that myth has been put to bed. Well, thanks, Ben, and let's hope that there are some positive outcomes that come from the Job Summit. And if anyone wants to find out more, the NFF's paper can be found at nff.org.au. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And that's it from us for now. Thank you for listening to this weekly wrap-up from the National Farmers Federation. For more information about the NFF, visit nff.org.au. Otherwise, stay tuned until next week for the next instalment.